This is the Cliff Yates Show. Personal growth, motivation, inspiration, and philosophies for a great life. Hey everybody, welcome to the Cliff Yates Show, and you are as always in the right place. I'm so excited you're here today. Today I'm talking about a compressed eating window, which I have been trying with great success, and I have modified it a little bit. As you may know or may not know, I have been studying at the, well, from home, the Primal Health Coach Institute, founded by Mr. Mark Sisson, and it really shifted my diet or lifestyle, not a diet, shifted my lifestyle from that of a plant-based strictly, because I did start off going vegan, which I had great results with, but then I was low in omega-3s, some vitamin D, B-complex, and so I changed, I started adding fish, which brought up my omega-3s, and so everything started coming into balance as I added a, a few things, and then I came across the Primal Health Coach Institute and the, pl- the Primal Blueprint book by Mr. Mark Sisson, and if you see him, you see that he's jacked. I mean, he is built strong and solid, and I decided, wow, I'm already filming myself in my new lifestyle, filming myself working out, what am I eating, what are the results of those changes that I'm doing, so why not, why not immerse myself in what he's teaching, because look at the results that he's displaying with his own body, and that's how you can really judge something by the cover of this book, right, which is Mark Sisson, and he has a belief that we are still wired genetically to our ancestors, and it's only within the recent times, as according to the into the into the broad spectrum of time, it's just been a second since we started date, changing our diets with new forms of wheat, carbohydrates, processed foods. And so if we get back to our ancestral eating and we have a more nutrient-based food intake, and so we have a lifestyle that we can still enjoy delicious meals and food, uh, and yet we do some of the basic rules that take take us back to how we were wired ancestrally back to pretty much the caveman days. So he believes in eating meat, fish, fowl, eggs, vegetables, fruit, seeds, and nuts. And staying away from what he calls the poisons, which are your grains, sugars, and chemically altered oils. That's pretty, if you stay within those parameters, you can enjoy some nutrient-dense foods and we can get off, and which and this is what I've been doing, which is why at age 66, I have the energy I do, and that's why I want to share it with everybody else, because it's exciting. And so you can have a delicious lifestyle without, and you can intuitively start making food decisions uh, based on this primal eating lifestyle without measuring getting caught up in the weeds of weighing your food and kind of constantly feeling those you're restricting yourself when in fact you have a broad spectrum available to you. Now, one thing Mark Sisson did, and I'm going to show you the video which shows what he eats in a day, which basically is two meals, if not sometimes one. 
he doesn't call it true intermittent fasting because he does, in his morning coffee, put heavy cream, which is a fat. And so that's kind of breaking the fast per se. However, it's low enough in there are really no carbohydrates, sugars, so you're not getting a you're not getting an insulin spike. So it does go with the compressed eating window, but not a true uh, fast in the sense of the word. What he does, and I started trying this, was I did not eat from 8 p.m. until noon the next day, except for that cup of coffee. And I was able to, and what that does, if you can reset, and he has a 21-day reset Basically, it's a kind of a ketogenic reset, so you can get your body what he says is most efficient when it's burning fat and ketones. What are ketones? Ketones is what your brain lives off of when it doesn't have the carbohydrates and what your thinks your liver produces when you have a lack of carbohydrates. It will begin to produce ketones to make up for the lack of the carbohydrate, which of course gets converted to a glucose, which causes the spike in insulin, and that can cause us to become insulin resistant, which prevents nutrients from being brought into the cell. But we can actually turn that around and get ourselves switched over to be fat-burning machines. That way we're efficient. We are, well, he calls it mitochondrial flexible, so that we can burn carbohydrates. We can burn carbohydrates efficiently because we're not constantly, when the body's used to getting carbohydrates every couple hours, then when you withhold that, that's when you get that drop, the crash, and your body's saying, give me more sugar. I need the glucose in my system. When you get fat adapted, then you can skip that meal. You can go without it, and your body is efficient in burning the adipose fat around your midsection or the fat in your body, it's it's uh, it's reset to burn fat. And it burns fat, and it loves to burn fat and ketones. So that kind of is the, the secret to this compressed eating window. Now, the thing is, I started losing weight, and I've already lost quite a bit of weight from before. I want to maintain lean muscle mass. That kind of makes it hard to get the appropriate amount of protein grams if I'm cutting my eating window down to noon to eight, eight hours instead of maybe 16. So now what I've done, what I've done, what I've done is adjusted my compressed eating window. So I would do that four to five days during the week. In the past few weeks, I've been doing four days of this. And then for three days, I'm still eating a nutrient-dense meals, heavy on the protein, lowering of the carbohydrates, Healthy fats, avocado, avocado oil, healthy fats. So what happens when you have this compressed eating window and you're going so long without eating and you don't feel the hunger because you get fat adapted. When that happens, you go into, your cells go into autophagy where they say, hey, we're not going to be getting any glucose for a while. Okay, this is a good time to clean house. Kind of the cells themselves kind of clean house, clean out the dead and the crazy bad things and the the antioxidants in your cells get flushed out, right? And you get cleansed, uh, per se. So 
autophagy, this is a good thing to get into when you go into that compressed eating window. Your cells will do this on their own when given the chance when they're not constantly barraged with glucose that comes from our carbohydrates. And I was heavy on the carbohydrates, which is why I've said in previous videos when I went to the vegan lifestyle, it was great for my numbers. My triglycerides were great. My cholesterol went down to a great number, but my glucose remained high because why? Because of the large amounts of carbohydrates that I was ingesting because I said, hey, I'm not ingesting processed foods or fats per se, but of course these, of course these grain-based pastas are really can be highly processed. Well, let's listen to Marxists and take, it, take a little lesson. First, take a look at them, all right? Look at this example of this lifestyle. And maybe you want to try a compressed eating window. And you can even you can make that 16 hours, 18 hours, 20 hours. Or maybe you're going to do a fast for 24 hours, one day a week, a couple days a week, three times a week, depending on what your health goals are. And I may be able to help you with that in the future because I'll be graduating soon from the Primal Health Coach Institute. And when that happens, I'm going to be there to coach you standing side by side with you if you want or need implementation to some of the things you probably already know you need to do. And sometimes you just need someone walking beside you for a little bit and help you hold yourself accountable. Let's look at Mark Sisson here. Cool. So I start my day with a cup of coffee and I love a French press. I try to make it as, uh, as thick as I possibly can and rich. So I put probably more than you'd normally uh, prescribe for one cup. But that's so I, start my, I started my day now. When I do my compressed eating window, I start with coffee. And sometimes I'll do just black coffee. I actually do like coffee black because I get to taste the coffee. And you can get used to that. If you do only one thing in your health starting now, get rid of all creamers. Get rid of those chemically altered creamers that are full of just bad things. That's why they can last 400 years and, don't, and they don't go bad. They're bad for you. They got crazy bad stuff in them. That's how coffee would get a bad name. It's never the coffee. It's about what we put in the coffee. If you just did one thing this whole year and you, and you cut out creamers, chemically altered creamers, you would change your health in a big way. So I like black coffee, but what I've been doing in this compressed eating window is I've been putting heavy cream in my coffee. About, you know, maybe uh, a shot glass worth. How I like it. Um, because of metabolic flexibility, I wake up full of energy. I don't feel the need to eat. I'm not hungry. Um, I don't choose to eat usually until about 12.30, 1 o'clock, 1.30 sometimes. So I just uh, start the day with a cup of coffee. And, uh, you know, it's, it, I think it's more habit than anything now. I'm not, like, jonesing for a cup of coffee or jonesing for caffeine. I just like the taste and the ritual. No, you know, I like the taste. Oh, there you are. <laughs> I like the taste in, and the ritual, too. I like the getting up in the morning, brewing the coffee. Of course, it's, you know, it gets to be habit that we, something we enjoy and we have an association with starting the day with this cup of coffee. Listen, listen, there's nothing wrong with that. And if that's not your cup of tea and it's a cup of coffee, then go for it. As we see, Mark does this. And look at the guy. 
And then I do add cream. I've got some uh, raw cream here and uh, not, not shy about adding some cream to it. And then I put a tiny bit of monk fruit sweetener in because I like that effect too. I don't know what that is. I don't know what monk fruit is, but maybe I'll try it. I haven't even seen it in the store. I don't know where you would get it. But uh, I'm going to try that maybe. Monk fruit sweetener. But I don't need it. You know, you put a little, I put a little shot glass of heavy cream. That's all I need. And in fact, I don't even need that. And you know, the reason I think that I've uh, become fat adapted, I'm now able, after going to 10, 11 a.m. and I haven't eaten since 8 p.m., I'm able to go to the gym, basically be working out fasted. Not in a true sense of the word, but I'm working out without carbohydrates as a fuel. And so I know I'm burning fat as energy. And I tell you, I feel energetic and I'm not lying to you. And I guess the main, uh, the main part of this for me, part of the ritual is I do a crossword puzzle every morning. So I have to have my coffee and do the crossword. That is not me. I hate crosswords. I don't like them. I don't do them. I do none of that other stuff. No crosswords for me. But that's Mark, and that's what he does. He's engaging the brain. It's part of his primal, one of his primal laws is to have the, uh, he's always learning, engaging the brain. Number 10 of his primal health laws. At the same time. Oh, yeah. All right, so my first meal of the day is typically what most people would call lunch. It's breaking the fast, uh, and, it, and usually around 12.30, 1 o'clock, maybe 1.30, uh, and it consists of uh, protein and some form of a vegetable usually, and then today I've uh, chosen to have salmon, this is pretty, pretty typical lunch for me, with some greens. So here's his first meal of the day, he's talking 1.32 in the afternoon, and he's not famished, and he starts with protein, so he's got some Kind of a salad with salmon. salmon. Now, salmon, I don't like salmon. But it is the highest in omega-3s. Salmon, wild salmon, is healthiest for you. you got to be careful not to get the farmed salmon because of what they feed these salmon in these confined areas. You want wild salmon or those that are organically grown, even if they're in captivity. And so kind of be... Uh, be discerning when you're looking for fresh salmon. Um, it's not a big salad. It's not what I used to call a big-ass salad by any means. Um, it's mostly about the protein these days. I'm going to dress it with some Primal Kitchen uh, lemon turmeric dressing, which is my favorite, if I have to admit to, to having a favorite, within the line. Um, and again, this is just, this is just enough to, uh, to fill me up, uh, satisfy me, get me fueled up and enough protein to get me through the rest of the day until dinner time. And that's what it's about. It's about getting fueled up, enjoying your lunch, but getting satiated, right? You're sated. I'm satisfied. I feel fulfilled. And look at how many calories. Who knows how much is in there? I'm going to say less than than 700 calories for this nutrient-dense meal. No processed food in this whatsoever. And I believe it's his own primal kitchen Primal Kitchen uh, Salad Dressing, which, by the way, as soon as I'm a graduate of the Primal Health Coach Institute, I'm going to be able to offer you, if you're one of my clients, I'm going to offer you a discount of salad dressings he sells through his own business. Primal Kitchen. 
and uh, so I probably won't eat again until 7.30, maybe 7, 7.30, maybe 8 o'clock at night. So two meals a day for me, and, uh, and that's it. So now this video is a couple years old, a couple years old, and he's saying, basically he's eating two meals a day, and that's it for him, and he's maintaining uh, the bulk of his muscle. You see that he's maintaining that because he's getting enough protein from those two meals, which I find hard to believe uh, because, I mean, I've, I've kind of, the research kind of supports getting, specifically, I know, for me, for me, I should get at least, I, you know, it seems I should get at least a gram of protein per per pound of body weight. And I'm trying to get back up to 175 pounds. Six foot two is not very much weight to have on, and I'm well below that, but I want to get up to that. So I really need to up my protein so that I can get that muscle weight back on. And so if I if I was to seven days a week do that compressed eating window, which I could very easily do, and, I, and I've done it, but it doesn't give me enough time to get the meals that will give me enough protein grams. You can only assimilate so many protein grams in a meal. I think uh, the science shows maybe 25 to 40, maybe, in one sitting. So if you want, if I'm trying to get 175 grams of protein, you know, if I only have eight hours in an eating window, it's going to be hard to get those grams in, which is why I like to do a 16 hour day uh, to just to try to get the uh, protein grams up. All right. After lunch, I don't snack in the afternoon. I don't feel compelled to. Uh, I think there's probably uh, a reason not to snack unless you're hungry and I'm really not that hungry. So for dinner, I might have uh, a ribeye steak, usually some form of beef or pork or lamb, uh, rarely chicken anymore, uh, and uh, a little bit of vegetables, in this case, uh, some, some asparagus and maybe some avocado. So I'll just uh, transfer. This is about a, an average size steak that I would consume for dinner. And I'm gonna guess that the total calories here is probably 900 on this plate and if you add that to the salmon and the salad I had for lunch which is probably about to be generous 600 you know we're at under 2,000 calories for the day and yet if you look at the amount of protein that I've consumed it's a significant amount it's uh, you know well in excess of 100 grams of protein um, some healthy fats in the form of avocado so that's interesting he believes he got well in 100 grams of protein which I but maybe with the size of the salmon and maybe the ribeye steak, maybe maybe that would equate to 40, 50 grams each. It's a possibility. I'm going to look into that. So if he's only getting, if he's getting 100 grams with two meals, then, you know, with three, maybe with some supplementation, I can easily get to the 170. And so as he said, right, he, he actually does go into the amount of, calories with those two meals he's saying about 2000 is what he's getting so he's definitely going to be fat adapted because if you know mark sisson he believes in moving a lot he doesn't go into the gym for an hour workout and then he's done for the day and he's sitting on the couch reading no he's moving a lot if you know his routine even recently he he's posted many videos of him bicycling on the beach he does a lot of stand-up paddleboarding he likes that he plays frisbee really as, as part of his play and he, he's moving a lot throughout the day he's sprinting once every seven to ten days every 
twice a week he's lifting heavy things, lifting heavy weights. In the form of avocado oil, in the form of some of the saturated fat in the, in the grass-fed uh, ribeye steak, and, and not a lot of carbs. The carbs are largely in the form of uh, leafy greens, or in this case, uh, the asparagus. So I just, I don't feel compelled to eat a lot of carbs. Um, I would have a glass of wine or two uh, with, with this meat, evening meal, and that would most likely be a dry farm. <clears throat> now, he has since changed his philosophy. He no longer drinks at all. I don't believe at all. Uh, and, and at the time, he went to a dry farm wine, which I guess has lower amounts of sugar in it. So when he was drinking a glass of wine with dinner, he even says he went to a, a dry farm wine, which I guess is lower in sugar. But he has since come out with videos that are more recent, this past year or so, that where he is not drinking at all. Not that he believes one glass of wine is going to be harmful, but that's his own philosophy. Farm wine selection, which means it's got no sugar, uh, lower in alcohol, lower in tannins, and things like that. Uh, I think the point is, and I'm going to really talk about this in depth in uh, a discussion I have with Brad later on about this notion of metabolic flexibility and how efficient the body really can be in terms of using calories the right way and using the macronutrients the right way. For instance, so much of the protein we consume should not be combusted as fuel, should be used, in fact, to repair tissue and to, make, and to create enzymes. That's a good point that we shouldn't be using the protein for combustible fuel because we need it for, for muscle restoration, muscle building. If we've broken down that muscle in the gym because I like to go to the gym, use progressive resistant exercises to really continue to have weight-bearing exercises in a more advanced age to keep those bones strong. But of course, I like to maintain some, I like to maintain some muscle mass. Uh, that's just what I've been into for 50 plus years. But as he said, if you get being fat adapted, you're burning fat for energy. You have ketones. Then your body becomes efficient at burning that and not relying on protein at all. Protein can be used specifically for muscle building and or maintaining your muscle mass. So um, the and, and then, you know, the, the body's ability when you're metabolically flexible to generate ketones to fuel the brain. So the need for carbohydrates goes away or dissipates, certainly. Uh, and uh, the efficiency with which you're able to utilize the food that you do eat as long as it is good quality food. Uh, you become more efficient at that. And, and at the end of the day, the biggest issue, as I always say, is hunger. And if hunger is not an issue for you, if you've developed metabolic flexibility and hunger no longer runs your life and you're able to identify what is true hunger and what are cravings and, and sort of uh, you know, learned behavior... That's one thing I did learn in the health coaching, uh, the Primal Health Coach Institute is what is in these new found, new found. Uh, a while ago, they went to a different kind of wheat. They went to a dwarf wheat to uh, get more in the harvest so that we could export more grains to other countries. But it really, these grains have in them these protective uh, protective things on the grains to the intention was for you know genetically these grains didn't want the bison eating them so they had stuff on them uh, lectins that would upset the stomach of the bison so that they would decide we're not going to eat that anymore and so the wheat would survive 
And so that's how people get uh, people who are really sensitive to that. that. Those are the ones who need a gluten-free diet. And so some of us, I don't react to it, but it's not good for the stomach. But also, it generates a hormone, these, these grains, that stimulates hunger. So he's talking about here that being satiated, if you don't have the hunger anymore, you're not going to overeat, and you're not going to have that appetite where you feel, I need more to eat. When you've already eaten enough nutrient-dense foods throughout the day, you can be satiated, and you're not getting those hormones which triggers your brain telling you you're still hungry when you've already met your nutrient needs. And so that's an important thing that he's getting to. He's not hungry. Now, he said he doesn't, he rarely snacks. Now, I use what uh, actually he prescribed in the training as a healthy snack. So I have a mix of almonds and dark chocolate morsels. Not a lot, just a few sprinkled amongst the almonds. And I have those with my what I would call my healthy smoothie, not loaded with any sugar. And it is a delicious meal that satiates me, low calories, nutrient dense, nutrient dense. That's what you want. Uh, you can really settle into a very uh, tasty uh, and effective way of feeling yourself literally with every meal of every day and making sure that every bite tastes awesome as I do. Thank you, Mark Sisson, and what a fantastic, fantastic school, the Primal Health Coach Institute. If you have any interest in being a health coach, check that out online, the Primal Health Coach Institute. Say, hey, now why not give that a try, a compressed eating window? Just experiment with it for a week. See if you can do it. Do it maybe three, four days a week. See what happens. This is the reaction I got. Try, an, try a 16-hour, try an eight-hour eating window. Try the, or adjust this to your schedule. I found it best if I did eight at night until noon the next day, right? I mean, if you think about it, eight at night, now I only have to go a couple hours before I go to bed. Seven, eight hours I'm sleeping. I'm already 10 hours into it. I get up, I have a cup of coffee. Maybe I go to the gym and I'm still not hungry. By the time I get back to the gym, now I'm at 11.30 going on 12 on my 16th hour. I'm able to easily do it now, depending on your schedule, work, sleep. Otherwise, it may not work for you in that respect. Maybe try a 12-hour. Maybe try, maybe instead of an 8-hour, maybe a 12 and 12. 12 hours eating, 12, 12 hours not eating. But experiment with a compressed eating window. See what reaction you get. I got a feeling, I have a feeling it's going to work for you. I think you're going to get good results and you may incorporate that into your lifestyle on a permanent basis. Hey, this is Cliff Yates. This is the Cliff Yates Show. You know I love you. See you in the next episode.